This is Shift Run Stop. It's a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Welcome to episode 15. We should introduce Phil Guyford. For the record, Phil, it is Guyford, not Gifford, isn't it? It is Guyford, yes. So we're, we're well on done. the internet now yes. as, as getting the pronunciation yeah, of your name. I can point right. people to this podcast. Welcome, Phil. Welcome to Shift Run Thank Stop. you. It's really good to have you here. You are responsible, as far as I can tell, for about uh, uh, at least 15% of the internet. I'm, I'm aiming for 15. <laughs> That's my... Well, I've reached 15% then. I know it's all done. What are some of your favourite projects? I guess the, the one I'm most known for is peepsdiary.com, mm-hmm. which is the... Mm-hmm. The diary of Samuel Pepys, one entry per day for what he kept of his diary, which was nine and a bit years. And then we're just over seven years through that now. And it, one of those things that seemed a good idea when I started it. <laughs> and seven years on of updating it, um, it's still a good idea, but the novelty's worn off a little. And how far do you plan ahead with that? Because presumably you're not doing it day by day. No, I kind of do a, a week or so in advance. Um, so I don't have to do it every day. But, right. Um, yeah, so that's still going. And lots of people. Um, post comments every day discussing what what he's been up to and mm. arguing over what words mean and um, mm. that kind of thing. So that's quite good. And he's also on Twitter now, which I thought just, oh, I might as well put him on Twitter seeing as it's there, but I'm almost enjoying the Twitters more because they're just <laughs> little, little snippets of his diary for that day posted during the day, which feels much more like you know, a bit of his life because it's spread out during his day as mm. you know, saying... I got up early, it's you know, six in the morning or something, and um, so I'm enjoying that a lot more, and some people think that's fictional, um, because it's they're too entertaining, or, <laughs> or they think there, well, there's so many parallels between what's, what, what his life is up to and you know, the current day, they think I'm making it up to <laughs> make pithy comments on real-life politics and things. So, and is it, is it Samuel Pepys, at Samuel Pepys on Twitter? Um, Samuel Pepys, yes. Right. Yeah, P-E-P-Y-S. And he's got some contemporaries on Twitter as well, hasn't he? Yes, somebody. I I haven't investigated really to find out who it is, but um, somebody started um, several other characters who are fictional. (coughs) Well, they're real-life characters, but fictionalised text of his wife Mm. and um, some of his servants and his wife's dancing master, who who he suspects of having something to do with his wife. Um, So, yeah, they chirp up occasionally. Being, you know, being a bit snarky about Samuel Pepys, <laughs> understandably. You have attempted to talk to them in character. No, I can't break out of what, what is true, what oh, he actually said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's good. It's, and he was a bit of a naughty boy as well, Samuel Pepys. He was, yeah. Um, it's kind of what he's almost, what he's most known for, which is kind of a shame, but is his womanising. <laughs> so he kind of goes through phases of doing an awful lot of of doing what he would with somebody as, as he puts it <laughs> um, no, and he did lots of quite high level politics and, and he kind of organised what we think of as the Navy these days lots of modernisation of processes and um, all this kind of thing and was well thought of by the King and the Duke of York and, but no we mostly think of him for, for going off with the woman down the road and, um, and sneaking behind his wife's back for Shenanigans. It's brilliant that he documented all of that. Though. Yeah, no, he was very frank about it, and also he was very frank about often how bad he felt about doing it. Right. And, um, also felt bad about going to watch plays when he should have been working, and mm. so he occasionally has vows of, you know, I won't do any of this and won't go to any plays for a while, and 
and then he breaks them and feels bad. And is he one of the ones that used lots of weird codes in his diaries? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, he wrote the whole thing in shorthand. Yeah. Which wasn't you know, really a code, but it did mean that mm. number of people who could read it, they stumbled across it, was reduced. But yeah. then all of the bits where he did something, like that goes off and um, yeah, has some liaison with the woman at the pub. Um, he wrote in this weird combination of kind of French and Spanish and mm. maybe Italian and um, sometimes whole sentences like that right. occasionally just odd words like he'll write the whole thing in presumably in shorthand but instead of her he'll say L oh. and um, the Spanish is for wife I'll just drop those odd words in there mm. wow well we've had a fun a fun week mm. uh, we've been in Time Out magazine yeah, I've got a copy here. Have you seen this, Dave? I think you should take some some credit for this as well. R- what <laughs> you don't get a mention. No, um, no, no, no that, that, that's fine. It's page 129 of this week's issue of Time Out. So check it out, it's near the back. And uh, we're video and, and podcast of the week. And for anyone listening to this in audio, uh, like uh, you've you've got to some lens to explain this isn't actually a video podcast in, in, in for, for most of it. Yeah, it's the video podcast, as you know, listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a trailer that lasts about three minutes and the audio thing is the wonderfully edited by Rue half an hour long thing that goes out about once a week so yeah we've got the video podcast credit without actually really making a video podcast which yeah. is quite nice that's not to say they're not brilliant videos Layla Layla edits the videos well, I think I mean, to a high, a high standard I, the thing is I do my best with iMovie which is possibly the most frustrating software ever invented um, but she does say something at the end here which, which suggests that it says yeah that they compile the, their footage into slick and entertaining packages which would not look out of place on the medium we still fondly think of as proper telly I think that's a that's strong praise indeed I think that's possibly a bit a bit over the top but then she says not only that they make it look easy and fun and bonus they're not American which is a bit of a random bit of xenophobia. <laughs> I mean, we do, we do like Americans. The, and not only are we a video podcast of the week in Time Out this week, we're also podcast of the week in the Scottish Daily Record, don't I you know? know. I think of lying low for a while, to be honest, <laughs> after that one came out. Yeah, amazing. Well done, us. I'm a computer. I'm on the shore. Pretend Office is another one of your creations. I, I guess this is one that you're doing a bit more collaboratively, but yeah. t- tell us about that. So it, it started when um, I was talking with Russell Davis and you know, other people off and on just about how when, you're, when you work freelance, particularly if you work at home or somewhere, then you kind of miss out on you know, not just seeing normal people, but the, the other aspects of being in an office, um, you know, like Christmas dinners and... Um, you know, going to the pub with people and but also the the side of like uh, people complaining about who ate my yogurt that I left in the fridge and um sort of petty emails being sent around the the global everyone in the office email list and so we thought well oh, wouldn't it be great we should just start up an email list for people who are freelance that can be the same thing and so I thought well we might as well just set up a list not really knowing what we'd use it for other than organising a, a Christmas dinner once a year. So I set up a list and invited a, a few friends. But almost instantly people started taking on roles as if they were in a fictional office. <laughs> and so rather than sending each other serious emails to, to Phil or Russell, as we know them, they started sending 
really officious emails complaining <laughs> about company policy not being adhered to and um, asking if somebody had seen their pen which they'd lost and, <laughs> brainstorming and, the, yeah. the name change for the meeting room exactly and, sort of and within you know, a day or two it felt like we'd gone through every possible stupid thing you could do on the, mm. a company wide email list like people replying to it but meaning to send it just to one person <laughs> about their, their in office affair and then um, and yeah, so that was enormous fun in two days. And you thought, wow, I don't know what that, that must be it. But we've kept it going for over a year now. But it, yeah, it's enormous fun, and other people seem to like just reading it. And it's gone from good. being a sort of secret underground project to something that now other people can read. Yeah, yeah. So and PretendOffice.co.uk mm. is the, the fictional website of Pretend Office. Who are I forget the tagline. It's something like um, best in our feel that what we do almost <laughs> um, the legal had a few things to say about being the best you know, to, um, so yeah, if you go to pretendoffice.co.uk and there's an email link and you can see all the archives of that and it's also found its way onto Twitter and I think yes. it has almost done exactly the same thing mm. in that you're kind of exploring the the realms of what somebody stupid using Twitter would do, yeah, like so retweeting we, themselves and that kind of thing. Yeah, we started off with just a at pretend office account which is used occasionally and um they almost always you try and use more than 140 characters. <laughs> yes, <that's good. laughs> Just yeah. truncates them at yeah. 140 And try and follow Friday themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah. But now there are several um, several colleagues from Pretend Office who have their own Pretend accounts, um, who some of them know each other exist and um, yeah, just talk, to, talk amongst themselves on Twitter as well. Um, so yeah, but is it at pretend office? Or at pretend office, yeah. It's a work of genius. I'm in computers. I'm in the mainframe. I'm in your headphones. Both Rue and Dave have been to the BAFTAs, which I'm quite put out about. I wasn't invited, but they both independently were. Well, Dave, Dave went to enjoy it and was you know, sitting on the balcony. That's a consolation prize. I got lead to the film awards before, and it was you know, it, it, it flew by, didn't it? Uh, didn't it? And although I'm not really in the film industry, and was hoping that District Nine would would win some, given that it, it, it had been had so many nominations. Nonetheless, it was nice to see. Uh, the hurt lock of the people seem seem very pleased with it. No, there, I mean there's a lot of um, exciting scenes, but I don't think there's much more to it than it just being like Ghostbusters in Iraq. It's just it's just some guys who, with backpacks on and wearing sort of boyer suits and special costumes going and um, solving threatening problems. Well, yeah. And sometimes getting blown up. That doesn't happen in Ghostbusters, though. It's, it's a fun thing to watch. Um, it's sort of, I find it a bit annoying in a strange way. I don't know. Maybe it's the sort of manly friendship aspect of it. Well, well that, that's, that's Catherine Bigelow's stock and trade, of course. That, yes. that goes all the way back to, um, to, to Point Break. And uh, you see, now I sound like I have done some research. You sound like you know about films yeah. now. You, you Leila, weren't at the Oscars, but no. you were at... Yeah, I went to a thing called The Story, which was a conference, supposedly a conference about storytelling, that turned into just a day of spoken word readings. <laughs> um, it was a bit more of that than actual uh, stuff about stories, even though there was a bit. So it was interesting and enjoyable, but not quite what I'd expected. And I think a lot of people thought that, so it's not too controversial. Um, but yeah, it was good. And um, I got some quotes from people, and I might... Include it on this podcast. Who who did you who did you talk to while you were there? Well, I spoke to James Bridal, who people might remember from an early episode of Shift on Stop, where we he uh, 
In fact, it was from Playful, wasn't it? Was it was from Playful, where he made um, the Matchbox computer. He made a, a computer that solves noughts and crosses out of Matchboxes and beads. Um, hello? Hello. It's, it's kind of fun. Uh, I'm not sure, I certainly wasn't. I don't know how many other people were kind of expecting that it, it was basically storytelling yeah. rather than a conference. It's like lots of people have been tricked into going to what they think is a conference, mm. and it turns out to be storytelling, and that is good. Um, James is a, used to work for publisher Snowbooks, didn't you? So you're quite into books, and, and you've got your own publishing company now, is that right? I you do, do yes. My publisher's called Bukaki and publishes uh, uh, largely uh, 18th, 19th century, some 17th century erotica, um, kind of right. old out-of-copyright stories uh, that, while possibly filthy, also are fine works of literature and should be regarded as such, uh, much like, I think, possibly Tim Etchell's mad stories. B double Bukaki dot com. Excellent. Um, well, thank you very much. Pleasure as always. Nice to see you. And uh, yeah, and I think Chris Heathcote says hello as well. In this bit, we're about to play you now. Hello, Shifran. Stop, listeners. <laughs> hello, Chris. What games do you have for your Mega Drive? Only two games. Only two games. Yeah, because I don't think I could afford many other games at the time right. no, just so after. Pure. there's only two yeah. games you even there are only games worth at, playing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of them a Sonic game no oh. I was never into Sonic I don't know why it's I had on Virtua Racing oh, and FIFA Soccer 95 that's such a boy collection of games <laughs> I am a boy I am actually a boy <laughs> um, but the Virtua Racing was great because it wasn't just a normal cartridge but it's extra big Yes. It had extra chips in to do the graphics. Yeah, I should yeah. get it. Oh, look, got my, my scores in there. Oh, oh you brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I have to get that yes. out. So, um, There's a, a okay. few scraps of paper here with, with scribbled um, yeah. or these high and scores or a, a kind of yeah, season. My, of my, yeah, my base wow. times on different courses. That's I a historical only, document in line with the Samuel Keith's diary there, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Beginner, medium and expert courses. I mean. Virtua yeah. racing. And that cartridge is massive, isn't it? Yeah, because it's, of all the extra um, chips what's, what's, what's that the size of for listeners? It's about, um, about the size of a, a large wallet or something. Yeah, it is. Hand yeah, so it's bigger than Rue's hand. So what other games are in the Museum of Phil Gifford? I'm, I'm excited by that. Well, these are the only Sega Mega Drive games I have. I meant one of the consoles. Oh, the consoles. I have um, a couple of Spectrums. <laughs> yeah, I should have said consoles. What are the yeah. consoles? Let me try again. So, what, I don't, sorry, jo- jo- oh, no, no, now, I, now I'm going to jump in. But how, how long did you have a Mega Drive with just the two games? Because, I mean, they, they, were, they were quite expensive, the cartridges. So, yeah. like, that, that was the disadvantage of distributing yeah. uh, software, software on a chip. Um, so, like, um, but you, you, <laughs> you weren't tempted by other ones? Or were they, is this I, the, long, the result of a lot of swapping? Two, two games every day for 15 years now. Uh, <laughs> Why would you want any others? <laughs> um, no, I, I think I only maybe for I don't know, eighteen months or something. I had these, and me and my friend would you know, would come. We worked not far from home. We'd come home at lunchtime to play FIFA. So yeah, that was enough for us. It's all you need. And, and you stuck with FIFA '95, but like <laughs> for, for the, you know EA developed yeah. fairly yeah. soon a policy of like yeah. FIFA '96, FIFA '97. Wow! Well, you know, but but for, you, for you, that that represent that was like <laughs> Windows '95. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't so need replacing you. until FIFA no. XP. <laughs> but I want to know what other consoles yes. you had in your house. If you um, had a Mega Drive, did you have? Other? Were you a Sega fan? Yes. No, I didn't get another console after that. When I moved to London, my flatmate then had a, a PS One. Um, so it must have been a step up in the world. It was crowd. quite exciting, yeah. yeah. So you know, we played Wipeout and Tomb Raider mm. and stuff on that. Um, 
Moving on from sports yeah. games. Yeah, <laughs> a bit. I don't mind. Had football. I'm still a boy. <laughs> right. Um, um, yeah, then what was after that? Yeah, eventually I got a PS2 a few years later. Um, but didn't play that that much. Mm-hmm. It's only kind of in the past year I've started playing consoles again. Because I got married last year uh-huh. and I got a wedding present of an Xbox 360. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, which was the best Did wedding present ever. Did your wife enjoying that as well? She tolerates it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I advise that as a good wedding present if you're mm-hmm. buying a wedding present for a boy. What I are think, you enjoying on the Xbox at the moment then? Um, playing Borderlands a lot oh, yeah. at the moment. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's kind of cell-shaded yeah. first-person shooter. It's one of those weird games. I like a lot of games. I really want to play it all the time and also want it to be over really soon because mm. it's just a bit of a drag, mm. you know, an enjoyable drag, but one of those collecting, levelling up things that you just have to keep going through. Yeah. Not uh, grinding. I, I've yeah. only played it for a couple of hours, but I yeah. got quite bored of having to go back to the same man to get another mission. Yeah, I've found other men, but it's still essentially the same thing yeah. and all the same baddies. Which is it's kind of odd not having played console games for a while, and then playing a lot of Xbox, realizing all the same things that I assumed would be fixed by now, like all the baddies are all the same. You know, in any one game, there's half a dozen baddies who have obviously been cloned, mm. and and controlling your your man, your <laughs> avatar, whatever they're called, <laughs> is still really clumsy. And I thought by now. You know, with all the graphics being really th- 3D and realistic, yeah. be like you're really there. But it's only like you're really there if you don't know how to walk <laughs> or you don't know how to get out of cover without doing a forward roll. <laughs> um, and oh, it's just f- so frustrating, just the, you know, controlling people. Walking and looking with your two thumbs is I yeah, I've got the difficult, thing about, isn't it? But it's kind of the special moves, like standing up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really difficult sometimes tell me about Dogbot I, I wanted to go I couldn't make it yeah it's um, well it's usually in East London in as uh, James um, Larson was telling us in the old boxing club thing but this time it's in West London in a sort of university common room so it's a smaller space and not so good in a way uh, a bit hot and a bit overcrowded and a bit, like lots of students walking through all the time mm-hmm. um, I also spoke to one of our fans Fans. Aubergine. Who's J- Julian Burgess? Yeah, something like that. On Twitter, and uh, he's very nice. And he came up. Well, he he tweeted saying you were just stood in front of me, and and I was too shy to say anything. Oh. So I tweeted back going, "Come on, this isn't fair. I don't know what you look like." You have to, and he said, "I'm the nerd with the beard." <laughs> And you haven't been to any before? Well, no, well, no I, I don't know whether that dog camp counts as a dog bot or not. Maybe it does. And I also went to one of the, uh, maybe two actually, but the pub code things, which are very, very interesting as well. Definitely really recommend pub code, which is where it's geeks with a couple of projectors and laptops doing kind of music and animation that is kind of procedural. And it's, it's just brilliant. Uh, it, well, for me, I, I thought it was brilliant. It, I, I'm the kind of person that used to love just putting any music on and just watching... Yeah, the, the sort of um, visualizations you got in Winamp yeah. back in the day. I could just, I could just watch that all evening. <laughs> they were. What do you think, Dave? 
David. It was it was oh, ultimate, I, ultimate I, classic dwarf. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't get in, get into it for some reason. Like mm-hmm. there was an exciting point at which people kept going over to a, a kind of panel on one of the walls and like in it, and they press some buttons and it would beep excitedly. But then <laughs> then we realised that was of course just the ATM. That was the student union ATM. People were getting money out. So <laughs> it wasn't an exhibit. It wasn't part. No, of the no. Show. Like yeah, uh, and uh, the, uh, the 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 speakers that I saw there was a man talking about electrical heart rhythms and how they might be propagated between human beings or, or, or something like that. Wow. Obviously, obviously, I'm paraphrasing and, and probably doing him a, him a tremendous disservice. Alex, uh, I think his surname is pronounced Zivanovich, uh, kind of described a kind of a homemade attempt to create a a, gest- a robot that would gesture when you swiped it with an Oyster card, or other RFID uh, like formats are available. And uh, he displayed that at the Dana Centre uh, down by the Science Museum. And he uh, and and the, the best thing about it is that he was very honest about how that had functioned, and it appeared not terribly well. Um, I mean, the nice thing was, it ran to time, no one asked any... It was, it was quite hard to work out what the questions were, and, I, and, I, and again, I think conference protocol dictates that if someone shouts out a question from the audience... Always you know, repeat the question. Repeat the question, yes. Yeah, it's been drummed into me. And um, I'm actually quite good at this. One of the few things I'm good at. <laughs> I can not only... Oh, you're putting yourself down. Right. I can do it. I can not only repeat the question, I can praise you the question. <gasps> Because if somebody spends five minutes rambling yeah. and then asks a question, you yeah. don't want to repeat everything they said. You want yeah. to get it down to the your, bare bones. Your dream. I mean, I'm 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 a conference nightmare. If I'm moderating a session and someone asks a question I don't think is interesting, I'll 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 ask a more interesting question <laughs> <laughs> and pretend that's what they originally asked. I think that's how you should moderate conferences. This is what you really meant. That that reminds me of something something cleverer that I wanted to say. <laughs> When you weren't playing FIFA 95 on your Mega Drive, mm. you said earlier you were working. What were you What were you doing at that stage? At that stage, um, that was when I was working at Aardman Animations brief- mm. briefly. Cool. Um, made models there for a bit, mm. like little, yeah. little tiny people and things. Plasticine models? Yeah, I didn't do much plasticine. Okay. Not latex and little... Um, yeah, there's one thing for, for a Weto's advert, which was... Advertising in your Weto's box, you could get small spacemen and rockets things. So for the advert, in which they had, do you remember the um, kind of scientist character? Doctor Weto. Doctor Weto. Yeah. So I think he had to hold up or look at even smaller versions of these character, these little figures yeah. that you got in the box. So I had to make even tinier wow. little oh. models I could put in the advert next Brilliant. to him, That's about crazy. the size of a penny. Um, yeah, things like that. So. Wow. That was quite did fun. you do? Did you do a, like a degree in um, art or anything? So yeah, I did. Quite, yeah. yeah, graphic design and oh, illustration right, yeah. and stuff. And um, so yeah, I kind of got some work at Arden. Mm. Arden through that, I guess. Remember yeah. these Weto things, Dave? Dave was our <laughs> resident snack expert. No, he's just they're like a breakfast cereal and <laughs> in, in, in like a Taurus. They're a Taurus shaped breakfast cereal. The um, the other thing I remember Ardman doing back in those days mm. was the crunchy adverts. That was Ardman, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think that was a bit before my time. Okay. I think, but like the roller coaster, yeah. and yeah, they're quite something. Okay. Yeah. And of course, everyone knows Ardman from Wallace and Gromit. Mm. Yes, yeah, so they were doing uh, the wrong trousers while I was there. Oh, really? So Did you ever get thing. to work on the on the wrong um, trousers? For a day, yes. Wow. So for my claim, I maybe have like a slimy, tiny sliver of an Oscar 
I painted some of the wallpaper in Wallace's oh. living room. Yeah. Now, I didn't make the design, I just copied somebody else's design. So for a day I did some watercolour. Oh. Um, watercolour Over Christmas I saw A Grand Day Out was on mm. the telly and the quality of the animation was completely, well, not rubbish, but it was, <laughs> it was much different well, yeah. in, in that first film, wasn't yeah. it? Really, I think really. That was the first one. Yeah, wasn't I it? Yeah. So. so I think Nick Park started that one, maybe not while he was at university, but it was kind of, I think he started it before he was at Ardman. Mm. Always start, it was the first thing he did when right, yeah. he went to Ardman. Um, so it was kind of just him, I think. Yeah. Did he you meet Nick Park when you were working there? You're not allowed to. <laughs> they keep him in a glass box <laughs> yeah. and they bring him out. He's just churning out yeah. Wallace all day. They, they actually, they have several Nick Parks. <laughs> they weigh a certain amount of plasticine. Yeah. That's how much they use to make a new Nick Park. And I also bought <gasps> oh. Tomb Raider beer. <laughs> so I, I can't get rid of this. This is why it feels on the podcast. Yes. He emailed us a, a, a purpose of nothing and just said, I have a bottle of Tomb Raider beer. Would any of your listeners be interested in it, perhaps as a competition prize? Yeah, because I couldn't find anyone else who wanted it. <laughs> no, right, but how did the Tomb Raider result. beer come to be in your possession? Because when I worked at Wired magazine mm-hmm. in the 90s... And the first time know, Wired existed yes. in the UK... No, they got sent lots of rubbish. One, I think they got sent a few bottles of Tomb Raider beer, and somehow I, I grabbed one and have kept it. Have you been able to work out what the beer it actually is? It is the Freedom Brewing Company from Fulham in London. Okay. Um, yeah. Fresh natural beer. And it's signed by Lara, but it looks like Yeah, somebody's stuck a rather cheap label, which is peeling yeah. off. And it's just a normal bottle of beer with a cheap label stuck on it. Oh. <laughs> but I assumed there must be somebody in the world who's a Tomb Raider fanatic. And this is the one thing in their collection missing. <laughs> it's highly collectible. And so it would be a shame to throw it away. It's actually in quite good nick, in fairness. It's not as, it's not as bad as I thought it well, would be. Well, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily drink the beer, but I suppose you wouldn't drink it if you were a collector of... No, Lara exactly. Beers, it's box-fresh beer. Yeah. <laughs> Brand-new mint in yeah. box. So, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. And, and this Thank is um, for us to now give to our yeah, lovely listeners. Yeah, if you can find somebody who would be... Podcast at shifrutandstop.co.uk if you want some Lava Croft branded... Made a beer. Yeah, give us a good reason why you should be the lucky recipient, and we'll pick one from the hundreds of of, uh, of applicants. applications, and and you could win yeah. it. We'll we'll post it to you out of our own pocket. You don't have to pay for that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Phil. That's a good Pleasure. prize. I've never seen Rue this tired. He's, so like, he's, quite, he's, quite, he's quite playful, isn't he? He's, he's like, uh, just a quick snack update. And uh, perhaps in, in deference to, to someone who wrote in, uh, mm. demanding, why don't, why, why don't we cover more biscuits? Primarily it's because not, not very many interesting biscuits are released on okay. a week-by-week a, on a basis. And I think, and again, one of my, one of my great online rivals... Uh, nice cup of tea and a sit-down bloke. Do you remember him? Yeah. I remember the book. Yeah, yeah, you know. And he seems to have pretty much given up uh, updating that because we, where, where's, the, where's the biscuit action? Well, <laughs> perhaps we can please everybody because Cadbury <laughs> have brought out a new range that they're calling Cadbury's Bar of Plenty. Mm. And um, uh, like, uh, the, that's lovely. That looks beautiful. This is the Cadbury's Dairy Milk uh, Bar of Plenty. Um, pe- people on the internet have said, "Oh, oh wow! That, like crafts have got to work quickly." Obviously not. This, this must is, have been in development yeah, well is, before crafts. What they're all in. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, and, um, and uh, the, the, like, there are three varieties. This is uh, Bar of Plenty Berry Fruit and Vanilla Shortcake. Let's mm, have it. That sounds lovely. It's um, like you'll often see these are on offer now. 
for about a pound in um, in many supermarkets. I've I find I find every time I go into W H Smith, I buy something, and then they say, "Would you like any of these for a pound?" And mm-hmm. I say, "No," because if I wanted them, I would have bought oh, them. Thank you. Uh, well, well, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like he's drunk, isn't it? It's like he's he's, he's been colourless. I've also seen him drunk, and it, yeah, it is. It's, uh, they're, 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 they're very similar. Um, what, what, are you, are you, are I like. Are you, are you tasting the red mm. berries? And, and I haven't got for, any berries. In it's got oh, shortbread. Yeah. For the biscuit fans, a bit of shortcake. I, and, and it really is shortcake. You know what it's like? Um, it was uh, late 90s. Yeah, I like a fuse. Well, I think they still do. In fact, I think it's more like a fuse. Look, there's, there's, it's better than a fuse, though. There's, there's, there's a little piece of red, of red, of yeah. red berry in there. So the, the berries are what? Raspberry? I don't Well... Often when you look at the ingredients, they turn out to be things like strawberry-flavoured cranberries. Mm. Um, or um, lemon... Pineapple-flavoured apple is often the thing that people do. Because mm-hmm. apple's so much cheaper. Oh, really? So you just flavour up your apple. I, I, was, I was saying this speculatively, but when, when you do look on the... Um, when you look in the ingredients, um, so it's berry fruit, yeah. and like a picture of a strawberry there, or yeah. a picture of a black carrot or something like that, the ingredients are actually... Dusted dried infused cranberries, and their ingredients are dried cranberries, citric acid, natural strawberry flavoring, f- flavoring, and concentrated elderberry juice. So the fla- the, 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 the strawberry the flavour we're getting yeah. is the fruit is all cranberry, but there's additional flavours in yes. some of the bits. And, uh, and cheating. And the, I, I like I, I don't know if it's part of again an industrial byproduct of. Um, of, of manufacturing ocean spray, but um, you get the husks. But presumably, there's a lot of dried cranberries left kicking around, and mm. people go, "Oh, let's spray some strawberry flavouring on that, <laughs> stick them in a chocolate bar." But anyway, f- so- for me, the, the highlight of the Barra Plenty is actually the biscuit component. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be quite nice. nice. That worked quite well with the with the creamy uh, the, the, chocolate. The, currently, there are two other varieties. There is a uh, roast hazelnut and honey honey roast cashews. I'll be oh, looking out for that. Nice. Yeah, unfortunately, I've I've eaten. <laughs> <laughs> Was it any good, though? <laughs> it, 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 it was good. And the funny thing was, you know, you know, we were complaining about the 10% more nuts Snickers mm-hmm. not having enough nuts in it. Yeah. This was like a kind of like 50% more nuts <laughs> fruit and nut. Slightly and you're just nutty. going, crikey, this is quite nutty. Um, but the, like, the other flavour, and it's, um, it's been the one that's divided opinion so far on the internet... And I'm I'm ple- I, I haven't tried it prior to this, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cr- I'm, I'm actually not gonna tell you what it is. Oh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm gonna I leave it up see, to you. I could already see the picture. I'm so already I'm cheated. To... Well, let, let's mm, test it on Rue. to start with. <laughs> so, are you, are you? I'm going definitely with apple mm-hmm. and apple. crunchy bits. And what's the crunchy, apple crunchy bits? So, is it a toffee apple? It is. It is toffee apple. I win. Where's um, the toffee element? Is that just the, cr- the hideous crunchy bit? No, yeah, that's like, you know, those, uh, uh, so the, the technical description of this is dried spiced apple chunks and toffee pieces. Well, I think it could grow on me. I think people ten- seem, seem to be giving a bit of a thumbs up for the berry fruit mm. and vanilla shortcake. So which, which was a lot and like a fuse, I think. Yeah, it's a fuse. Like, 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 a, strawberry, like mm. a strawberry fuse or but something like that. That, that said, apple in chocolate is an a underexplored oh. phenomenon. Oh, with good reason, I think, having eaten that. <laughs> really? Kind of all the creamy chocolate, yum yum, and then a horrible rubbery lump of... A spicy stuff. apple, nasty yeah. bit of apple, and uh, yeah, and, and like, like I said, look at, look out for them now. Um, they're they're about a pound, and like a, a about a pound introductory offer in a lot of supermarkets. Mm-hmm. So 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 they might go up if you're if you're on the lookout for new snacks. In fact, the introductory offer often comes slightly after 
that the, the products first appear. Ooh. So like, and I think that's because it takes a while, perhaps, to, to set up a TV campaign for it. Uh-huh. But if you see a new product and it's maybe two pounds, and you go, "Oh, that's a bit steep. Mm. Oh, that's a new product." Just wait. Just you know, just give it a couple <laughs> of weeks, and then like maybe it'll be half price. So that's U- useful um, tips and yeah, delicious new chocolate. That, Thanks very much. Thanks, Dave, for your variously on the spectrum of delicious and disgusting chocolates that, that you brought today. I, is I, it, I, it's it's the least I can do. Stay hungry. And we'll, <laughs> that's my new catchphrase. <laughs> I've got half a pot noodle have for um, And we'll see you next week for some snacks from around the world. Let's hope so. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Cheers. So I remember the noise this makes when you when you plug it in, and I'm very excited about hearing it. Is it? Well, well, well. Let, let's let, let's let's make this a little bit more interesting. Perhaps perhaps you would like to give us your, your own rendition, Rue, of, uh, of of what you think the, the the Mega Drive noise would make when it boots up. I think it potentially depends on the the game that you plug in, but certainly for Sonic the Hedgehog, which was a Sega game itself, it went Sega. <laughs> Very good, Pill. You weren't. You were I don't like remember at all. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did you ever play this in the arcades, Phil? Because I think this is an arcade. Uh, the amazing thing about this mm. on the Mega Drive, it's an arcade conversion, and it was one of the first driving games that you could play with four drivers, I think, all oh, sitting wow. next to each other in what was Sega World in the Trocadero. Yeah. And um, the other. The only other one that, I, that immediately springs to mind, I think there was there was Virtua Fighter, which was yeah. a, which was a, a very blocky pol- polygonal yeah. uh, beat 'em up, but nonetheless, where the characters had a kind of strange like realism to you know they they would they were kind of motion captured in a, in a realistic yeah. uh, manner. I'm noticing here that with Virtua Racer, you can count the polygons on the screen it while it's happening. Looks looks a lot better through this lens. Like my camera's doing a bit of work to. Smooth it out. <laughs> I, I don't know what a free run is, but I like the sound of a free run. Is it like the parkour? <laughs> 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 it's a Formula One, where like uh, the, the medium track. <laughs> That's often overlooked in motorsport, isn't it? Around where you can just you, you just get to drive around in the most creative way possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm pressing the A button. Is that not yeah, the right press one? Press C, I think. C, of course. Intuitively, <laughs> you press the C button, and then what's accelerate? B. These accelerate. I'm not going to need the brake button, surely. But if I do, I guess it's C. And And this, so this this is a glorious, yeah, uh, huge Golden Gate Bridge. Palm trees. Oh, I I think I did break a little bit there. Triangle world. Oh, monkeys. You're going too fast. Yeah, that's the problem. I'm not taking the racing line either. Oh, you're not bad, right? Best lap, or maybe it was mine. I don't know. It was 59 seconds. Which course was that? This is Bay Bridge, which is the medium one. Yeah, 39 seconds. (gasps) That's outrageous. I didn't even start recording until I've got 47 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) This is like Top Gear. This is is, is, higher on the limit. Where do I go? This is Star in a a reasonably low polygon car. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm in the ether. Come shake your tail at me.
Thank you.